Rebecca Martin-Brown, Features Editor for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Welcome to another What's Up podcast. My guest today is Edmund Harris, who is a clinical assistant professor of mathematics at the University of Arkansas, a mathematical artist, the discoverer of the Harris Spiral, and co-author of Hello Numbers, What Can You Do?, An Adventure Beyond Counting, a children's book he wrote with Houston Hughes, our very own Northwest Arkansas slam poet, that was illustrated by Brian Rhea, the artist behind the New York Times Modern Love column. Professor Harris is going to convince me math is fun. I hope. Hi, Edmund. Hi. Good to meet you. So... What did I just say in that introduction? Because I have no idea. What's a Harris spiral? What what is clinical assistant professor of mathematics? What's a mathematical artist? What did I just say? (laughs) Well, let's take that uh, one piece at a time. Um, So uh, mathematics is a, a very, a shares more with art in many ways than it does with science. It's a creation of the human mind. Um, It's not trying to explain some external reality. It's today, especially it's about the sort of the games and the way we can play with rules um, as an act of our own creation. And in many ways that, as I said, has, has shares more with what an artist might do than what a scientist does. We don't do experiments to check whether or not we're right. Um, there is a difference in that in mathematics you have this notion of proof um, that you can you can take your personal creative ideas and create put them into a form that someone who has bought into the basic ideas of mathematics um, will basically be forced to agree with you. Um, <laughs> I I say that proof is one of the few ways you can force someone to change their mind without using violence. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, so there are some interesting um, differences, uh, but, but the the central sort of creation and creativity of mathematics uh, feels to me more like a work of art. And through the through the notion of proof, we get to have a work of art that is genuinely collaborative, not just between groups of mathematicians working together in a particular place, but between mathematicians. Uh, throughout time. Um, so a mathematician today, in some real sense, can understand precisely the ideas that Archimedes was putting into his work uh, in for the ancient math of the uh, East, uh, West, no, Eastern Mediterranean. Wow. Uh, uh, so uh, for the, from, to answer the math artist part of what you, you started with, uh, it feels, firstly, that the, simply the, the approach to math itself is already art. And then, but then what I do is try and use the ideas of art to communicate the deeper ideas of, of mathematics. Because the problem is the beauty of mathematics is not easily accessible in its purest form. Um, you, you know, it, it's sort of, a classic esoteric study. You have to be go through the indoctrination of a PhD program uh, in order to to learn the rules and then finally get let in to see the mysteries. <laughs> uh, and you can you can compare that to um, musicians. Um, 
you know, in order to perform Bach, you have to go through an intense period of training and work. It's not something that you can do um, in a in an idle or lightweight. It has to be very deliberate and take a long period of time. On the other hand, for music, you also have the notion of a concert, where people who are not expert musicians can go and appreciate what's happening with the music. And with mathematics, it's harder to find those sorts of opportunities to show people, hey, there's something beautiful happening there. You don't have to know everything about it in order to, to follow along, um, but you can tell something's happening. You know, I can sit in a concert while, while listening to talented musicians and I know what they're producing is beautiful, even though I have no real conception of exactly how it's coming together. Um, and so I previously had um, a couple of coloring books that really took that idea and took these advanced mathematical ideas and said, you don't have to understand everything about this, but you can see that there's something interesting happening here. Um, and that, that, was, that was exciting. And the, the Harris Spiral that you mentioned, that is something that came out of that quest to create something interesting visually appealing obviously not working so well for radio um, <laughs> but could show people there was something interesting and beautiful going on uh, in the case of that it, there was also a quest to take something that people are almost overselling um, there's this idea called the golden ratio which is a particular number uh, that's some people will tell you is the source of all beauty and it's one number amongst a family of numbers that have particularly an interesting family of properties. And there's a famous spiral associated to that. And so I wanted to create something that says, well, this is not the only number that can create beautiful objects. Here is a different number um, that can also create an object of beauty and it creates this branching tree-like spiral um, and again, relating to that math and art part, the, the inspiration, I've just given the mathematical inspiration for, for creating that particular image. But then there were also inspirations in the sort of patterns of spirals, branching off spirals, branching off spirals you see in Celtic artwork and in Islamic artwork um, that I really wanted to sort of take and pull into a mathematical form. Wow. So, <laughs> so when a kid walks into your your class at the university, I'm told that there's an exercise that you start them with that Houston Hughes mentioned, the co-author of Hello Numbers. How? What do you say to kids to suck them into this magic of math? Um, yeah, so what I've been describing so far is sort of, so it's that, that's showing people a concert, but there's also, if you want to introduce people to music, um, another effective way is to show them a piano and say, if you press this key, it makes a sound. And, um, or, or give someone a guitar, and it doesn't take long to start making something pleasant on a guitar and feel like you're doing it yourself. And so following the coloring books, I did feel like I, I'm showing people this, this world, but I'm not helping them join it. It's something, I'm showing them something beautiful but remote. And something I've worked on for a long time for myself is this exercise where I count to 17 and visualize 
dots as I do that. Um, so with you start by clearing your your mind, and that's like thinking about trying to conceptualize zero, and then one dot appears, two dots, but with two dots, they can suddenly start moving around each other. With three dots, you can start to get a sense of shape. Uh, and so I, I don't necessarily do it in my university classes, but in talks and um, classes, especially when I'm working with uh, younger children, uh, I will ask them just to close their eyes and visualize dots and count up from zero to one to two to three. Uh, actually, I think there's some recording that Carl Kellum's made of, of me doing that with a, with, a, with a class at the university um, when he was uh, visiting a class called Place in Mind with Carl Smith. And the, at the end, as you get to higher numbers, you could, it gets harder to see the dots, it, especially as I ask you to have an awareness of all the possible dots. So one, that's easy. Two, that's easy. Three, that's easy. Four, it starts to get hard. If you put them into a line, you're, if you're being aware of every single dot, all four of them in a line gets hard. But if you put them two and then two above, it feels easier to be aware of each dot individually. You know, five then gets more six. And at some point, people have to start using the shape and pattern that they're putting the dots in to be aware of each dot. So the act of counting, which just involves creating another number, creating another number, starts to make you think about other mathematical ideas. When you start to put the dots into rows, you're starting to think about multiplication. Um, if you find a number that you can't put into any sort of rectangle, um, so like 7 or 11, that is the notion of a prime number, which is a very uh, a lovely mathematical idea with a long history. And in some classes, you'll get groups of people in discussion inventing prime numbers for themselves just from this sort of exercise. Wow. Um, I have and, really never thought about math this way, and you were fascinating. <laughs> Thank you. How, um, did you. how did the book idea happen with Houston? So, well, I've had this exercise that I've been doing, and I felt this was something that um, could be more broadly experienced. And also the other motivation was that I would talk to teachers, uh, math teachers, and to a certain extent, they would have that same question that, that you had. Oh, yeah, math can, they, they wouldn't say that math couldn't be fun, but they would say, oh, you shouldn't be playing with math until you have finished this level. Um, so if they were teaching algebra, that level might be calculus, or if they were teaching calculus, they might want to ask for people to do early um, undergraduate courses in mathematics. It always felt like people were saying, you can't play and have fun with mathematics until you've got to a certain level within it. And I basically wanted to say, no, at, at the first moment you're doing mathematics, as soon as you're starting to think about counting, you can start to also play with it. And that's actually also the best time. And this exercise I was doing on, on counting seemed like a, a good model to 
get people to start to play and create. Because as I say, when I do this in a large group of people, they start to invent mathematical terms and mathematical ideas just from the heart of this, this exercise. So I wanted to create that as a book. And luckily I had uh, a very uh, understanding and thoughtful agent from doing the coloring books and she, uh, Emma Parry, and she got behind this idea and started to ship it round to get something we could send to publishers. Uh, but then I came across a problem that whilst I can write okay for an academic, I certainly can't write the sort of language that you need to get to get children really inspired. It's a lot harder to write for children than it is for, like, like for adults. Um, and so uh, I was sort of struggling with, with how I would make the language for this, to make this, this idea accessible. And um, But I was lucky enough to have known Houston for some time, and I put the idea to him, and uh, he came back with this beautiful realization. Sort of, it was one of those moments when you've had an idea in your head for some time uh, that it's never quite been real, and then you give it to someone else, and they come back and show your, you the idea you'd been thinking about in a way that you'd never seen yourself. Um, it was, you know, we, uh, my wife and I sat with tears in our eyes as he finished reading it, reading the first version. Um, and so then with that, we were able to get the experiment to come on board as a publisher. And then they connected us with Brian Rare, who produced the, the visual side of things. Um, so that's the slightly roundabout, partly philosophical and partly over practical description of how the book came about. And so... It came out in November, and of course, weird year that it's been. Do you hope at some point to be able to have some book signings and some events where you um, and Houston will get out and, and talk to people? Uh, absolutely. Um, we we are talking to University of Arkansas Library about doing a, a, a book reading, possibly at the public library. Uh, once once we can have groups of people gathered again uh, safely, uh, and we'd love to yeah love to, to do a reading and a signing, and also you know talk about some of these ideas, and uh, because I think the the book is uh, it's not obvious what the book is trying to do for people because their and your initial conception of a book accounting book that only goes to five is that it's for the youngest kids. But this is actually the ideas that are taken on in this um, should hopefully inspire the adult reading it just as much and are things you can start doing possibly with young kids. My my little um, niece, will, who is uh, 18 months, will regularly uh, carry it in and drop it by an adult demanding that it be read to her. Um, she has yet to realize that the dogs might look like adults, but they cannot read. Uh, <laughs> but it's working if she's carrying it around asking for it to be read to her yes the magic is working um but i think it, it can also work for um you know and it's maybe slightly more suitable to slightly older kids who have got the first sense of number they have the basic ability to 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 count but now they can start to see the different mathematical ideas that come about as you introduce each number so you can do so much mathematics just thinking about the number three when you've got three dots you know, and the whole world of triangles opens up to you um so 
that the I, I think some sorts of events where people can see how this is about opening up huge worlds of mathematics that the book only hints at, and it's about working you're having this be something you can work regularly with your child on to get them to start thinking. And to me, it's about helping people to take ownership of mathematics, to feel that you have the right to do something with mathematics, because it's a real barrier to creativity when you feel that mathematics comes from somewhere else. Uh, If you don't have the right to change the rules because everything will break, you can't be creative. Um, If you have the you feel you have the right to change the rules and then you see exactly why changing a particular rule makes everything break. That's no longer knowledge that's enforced on you. That's knowledge where you're actually, you're in agreement with your, your teacher or the, or mathematicians or this history, but it's knowledge that you've come to because you found it, not because it was told to you and then you just accepted it. It has been wonderful talking with you. Edmund Harris is co-author of Hello Numbers, What Can You Do? with Houston Hughes, illustrated by Brian Rea, and it's available anywhere books are sold. You can read more about it in Sunday's profile section of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Edmund, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. And Did I succeed in convincing you? A little bit. A little bit. I'm no longer tempted to throw numbers out the window, so it's a good start. Good. I am happy that my work here is done. Y'all, thanks for listening to another edition of the What's Up podcast. We'll see you again soon. Bye.